No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Job longs to meet with God to make his case and be delivered. He knows that after he is tested, he will come forth as gold. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 23 on Simply the Bible. Job's friend Eliphaz accused him of many sins. That was the only way in his mind that he could rationalize why Job was suffering so badly. In Job's response, he longs for the opportunity when he will be vindicated by God. Such is the confidence every believer should possess. We continue in Job chapter 23. Then Job answered and said, Even today my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. Job has such a desire, you know, having faced his three friends and and they had nothing but miserable comfort to give to him, you know, Job has such a desire to be able to go to where God dwells. But where does God dwell? Where can he find him? It's not like we can point to any place in the universe and look through the telescope and say, oh, that's where God is. You know, he lives outside of our time and space. And and Job knew this. It's He couldn't see him. He didn't know where to go if only there was a court where he could go and meet with God and lay out his case. He said, I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Oh, if only I could just present my case and then listen to him. And and rather than all of the darkness that I'm in right now, I could hear his voice speaking clearly to me, to me that I would know what he would say to me. Well, Job was going to get that opportunity a little bit later on in the book, as we will see. Would he contend with me in his great power? No, but he would take note of me. So Job's friends had criticized, they'd condemned him, they contended with him, you know, and he's saying, look, God has great power, but would he contend with me if I had opportunity to speak before him? No. He wouldn't. He'd consider my case. He'd listen to me. And and he would know me. And in fact, he would comfort you, Job, uh, because that's what God does. He, He understands us. He comforts us. He knows us. There the upright could reason with him. And that is so true. You know, God is reasonable to people who are willing to reason with him. He said in Isaiah 118, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So Job said the upright could reason with him, but God says, look, even those who have sinned can come and reason with me and and I'll show you, you know, let's reason together and I'm willing to forgive you if, if you come to me, you know, so And I would be delivered forever from my judge, Job said. Now, this is Job trying to figure out everything that's come down on him, okay? He's looking at 
all of the suffering that he's experienced as the arrows from the Almighty, that God has judged him in some way and he doesn't know why. But he also looks to God as his Redeemer. He knows that his Redeemer lives and, and that God would vindicate him even though God's also his judge. Now, the reality of the situation, it was Satan who was the antagonist, Satan who was bringing these arrows against him, and God did permit it to test Job, to, to prove how blameless Job was, uh, and that he would hold fast to his integrity. But Job did have this right. He knew that it would be God who would deliver him. Look, I go forward but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right, I cannot see him. So I can't see him. You know, no matter where I go, I don't know where he lives. I, I, I don't see where he's at. I'm in this darkness, but I, I don't know how I can, you know, get a hold of him. Um, well, that's true. And uh, that's where... It requires faith on our part. You know, you recall that when Jesus was resurrected on that night, he appeared to the apostles, but Thomas wasn't among them. And, and so they told Thomas, and Thomas said, well, until I can put my finger in his palms and put it in his side, I'm not going to believe. And so about a week later, Jesus appears again. Thomas is there, and he says, okay, Thomas, here I am. Go ahead, put your finger in my palm. You know, it's really me. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God, you know. And then Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so here's Job. I mean, Job really had so little to go on. Job, we're told that this, this book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. He didn't have all of the word of God. He didn't have the laws of Moses. It, you know, he lived in Edom, and, and that probably hadn't even happened yet. None of that Mount Sinai stuff. He didn't have any of the New Testament. He just knew God personally, but he couldn't see him. Now, he said, but he knows the way that I take. So though Job couldn't see God, he knew that God could see him and knew all about him, knew the way that he takes. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Now, this is one of those moments of inspiration that Job has. You know, he's in the pits. He's in darkness. Uh, he's despondent. But every now and then, it's like he comes up for air. And this is one of those moments when he has just this divine inspiration that when God has tested me, I'm, I know I'm being tested right now. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. And, and that is the assurance that every believer has. You know, we will go through hard times. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Take confidence, take courage, because I've overcome this world. And, and I'm going to use these things to test you, but when you're done, you will come forth like gold. We will go through the fire of adversity, but God controls the thermostat on how much fire we're dealing with. And gold doesn't have to be afraid of the fire. Gold will be refined by the fire. Now, the, the consumable things are going to be burned up. The wood, the hay, the straw, uh, the things of our flesh, the, the temporal values, those things will be burned up. 
but we will come for this gold and our faith will be refined. I, I think that what's happening right now in this coronavirus pandemic is really a test to us. What are we putting our confidence in? And the things that are of this world, the things that are passing away, they will be burned up. But the things that we do as far as trusting in God, trusting in his word, in the end, after we're tested, we will come forth as gold. And I really believe that. I believe God is using this to refine his people. Now, he said, my foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So Job had great confidence before the Lord. And this is the same confidence that we should aim to have before God. First off, I've held fast to his steps. Listen, if you know what the steps are that God has put before you, you know, David said in Psalm 25, show me your ways, teach me your paths. And if we're walking in God's steps, we can take confidence in that. Psalm 37, 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Second, Job said, I have not turned aside. I haven't turned away from your path. Proverbs 4, 26 says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Think about where you're going. Where does this path lead? Are you going to be happy about your decisions that you make today? Are you going to be happy about those decisions tomorrow? Where is it leading? And don't turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. He said, I haven't turned aside from your path. Lord. I've, I've kept your commandments. And that's the next thing. I've not departed from from the commandment of his lips. I've kept your word. And lastly, I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Oh, that's, that's good stuff right there. To treasure the Lord's words. Do you treasure his words? Do you savor them like you'd savor the finest food? You know, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of my father. Now I look in the mirror and I, I've gained some weight, especially during this uh, extra time at home. And, and let me tell you, I could probably value his words more than, you know, the bowl of ice cream it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt me. Uh, but that's what he's saying. I, this is how much I have treasured his words, but he is unique and who can make him change? So now Job gets into some of the attributes of God. First off, he is unique. There's nobody like him. He's altogether separate. And who can make him change? So he's immutable. That's the theological word. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever his soul desires, that he does. Who's going to stop him? He, God determines what he's going to do, and nobody can stop him. No, he's not capricious in the sense that he just kind of just does whatever and nobody can uh, count on him. He is faithful. He's faithful to act according to his holiness. He's faithful to act according to his love. But nobody's going to say, God, why are you doing that? Nobody can stop him for what he's going to do. For he performs what is appointed for me. And many such things are with him. So Job had this understanding that you know, everything that was going down was what God had appointed for him. He knew that God was sovereign. 
He knew God was in control, and he was bringing it all about. Therefore, I am terrified at his presence. When I consider this, I am afraid of him, for God made my heart weak. And the Almighty terrifies me because I was not cut off from the presence of darkness, and he did not hide deep darkness from my face. Okay, so to, up to this point, Job had always known the goodness of God. He had been blessed by God. God had been faithful to him, and he served him, and he worshiped him. But now he has known this dreadful darkness that has come upon him. He's, he's known the loss of all things and, and the things that he had never experienced before. You know, he said, that which I feared has come upon me, you know. So now he's just, he doesn't know what to expect. And this God that he's trusted, he's also terrified by what might happen next. I mean, who can blame him? But there is something here that I think that we need to hold fast to, and that is that God is worthy to be feared. He's worthy of our love. He's worthy of our worship. He's a good God, but he's also a consuming fire. And even in the New Testament, we're told that our God is a consuming fire. And so it's important that we find that balance of reverential fear, holy fear, because he is God and because he will judge this world, but also the fact that he loves us and and that we know that he always acts according to, as I said, his holiness and his love. He's a good God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Next time, we'll see where Job continues his second reply to Eliphaz. Why don't the godly see God's judgments? The wicked deserve punishment and will ultimately receive it. It's a great lesson on how to process injustice in this life. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible.